0: Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles, your favorite true crime podcast. I am Donnie, and with me is a man that wants everyone to know that anything related to Halloween doesn't scare him. What scares him is when he flushes someone else's toilet and the water keeps rising.
1: It's Dale. Shit, that's terrifying, ain't it? Oh, yeah. It don't have to be somebody else's. It can be your own, right?
0: Yeah. That water keeps rising.
1: It's already loaded, and here it comes. (laughs) Whatever you do, don't ever hit it twice.
0: Yeah, grab some towels or yeah. something. Yeah, because water's hitting the floor. Hold your breath. Yep. That's that's scary, man. <laughs> it is.
1: Yep. Terrified. What's going on, dude? Well, same old, same old. How about yourself?
0: Same old, same old, man. Good, good. Back good. in the crack house doing an episode. Doing it up, ain't we? Doing a Halloween episode. That's right. Happy Halloween. Everybody. Happy Halloween Yeah. Yeah. What's going on? You got any good shout-outs for anybody
1: you want to talk man, about, dude? Yeah, I got a couple of shout-outs. Oh, uh, on! We went up to the, the big Livermush Festival in Shelby this weekend. Livermush, Livermush. Liver man, that's was cool, isn't it? Yeah. I like it. You did a good job. Yeah. well, wow, I'm <laughs> impressed. Yeah, and I uh, walked around for a good while. Seen some, a lot of people, a lot of friends, and got some good music at the uh, Dirty Grass Soul. a great band. But I uh, run into uh, Jordan Piercy of uh, Sunshine Coffee, and I was just walking around, and he, he hollered at me, and wow. said he really enjoyed the podcast, and went over and talked to him, and said they'd been listen to a lot and don't just keep on doing what we're doing they just love it
0: we're just gonna keep on keeping
1: on man. so he's got some kick-ass coffee and some uh, which i didn't have no coffee because i usually don't drink coffee but uh i was drinking something else but anyway i did get some apple cider donuts from him yeah. Dude, that was awesome pretty killer yeah, very very Ooh. very good and a quick shout out to uh my, our buddy and uh fan of the show brian bridges that's always on my ass about getting him a shirt and freddie ellis who both bought hats for me this weekend but yeah we appreciate you guys uh Picking up some merch and uh sporting, uh sporting the colors for us, if you will.
0: Yeah, sporting the Crack House Chronicles colors.
1: Yeah, and uh, thanks, Jordan. I appreciate that and appreciate the sticker and, and the donuts were amazing, dude.
0: Oh, man. i have to check them out.
1: Yeah, you missed out, Don.
0: I know. I know.
1: You was, was a was starting to do water, right? Yeah, I was waiting for the water to
0: rise here at the Crack
1: House. That's why the, that uh, thing, the good Lord willing, and the water don't rise, it? Instead of the creek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: Lord willing, the creek don't rise. Yeah. Or the toilet don't
1: rise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's probably scarier with the toilet rising. I'm
0: telling you, man. <laughs> we, we got a scary episode this week. Ooh, yeah, we uh, got a Halloween episode. Halloweeny. Yeah. But we're going back in time on this episode.
1: Yeah. I don't have a back in time noise.
0: No, we don't, but uh we're going back to nineteen seventy four.
1: That's a good year.
0: Yeah, I guess it was. Mm. I was nine years old. Dang, you old. I know. <laughs> I know I'm old, man. <laughs> Yeah, this was uh, Halloween of 1974.
1: We're all the way out in Pasadena, Texas.
0: Yeah, Texas.
1: We like Texas. Yeah, we do like Texas. I think Texas likes us.
0: Yeah, I think it does, because we have a lot of downloads
1: from Texas. Yeah, we're good friends with Texas. Yeah. Go Cowboys. Yeah,
0: good Cowboys. (laughs) Anyway, we're talking about a family by the name of the O'Briens. O'Brien.
1: Yeah. And it's not spelled like O'Brien like in Rocky Horror Picture Show. O'Brien is spelled different.
0: This is a. O apostrophe B-R-Y-A-N-S
1: Correctamundo
0: And this family of O'Brien's They lived in Deer Park This is just a little area of Pasadena
1: Is that where the water comes from? I don't know Okay, go ahead. But
0: anyway, it's just a little area near Pasadena, Texas And the O'Briens consisted of Ronald O'Brien He was the dad The mom was Diane And they had two kids Timothy and Elizabeth Right Yeah Timothy was
1: eight, and Elizabeth is five. That's correct. At the time.
0: But Ronald, he worked as an optician. Mm -hmm. He did. And he worked for the Texas State Optical, and this is in Sharpstown, Houston.
1: So he makes glasses, is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. I guess glasses. Or something to do with glasses and contacts.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Ronald was also a deacon at the Second Baptist Church. Mm. Yeah, and he also sang in the choir, and he ran the local bus program there for the church hmm. so he was pretty active in his church
1: so well satan hes a pretty high in the community kind of fellow. Yeah, yeah yeah he
0: was but this is um episode we're talking about is on october the 31st of 1974 mm-hmm. and this is halloween and ronald he was going to take the kids trick-or-treating
1: well this year you know it's kind of different from years in the past because uh his wife was kind of confused because he was really excited about halloween this year even taking the kids and to get costumes and everything and then uh because
0: before he hadn't been too excited about it
1: eh, it was just another day you know yeah i guess letting mama do all that stuff mm-hmm. you know but uh this time she was like hmm, he's all into it he's just thrilled them took them to that and he, they were planning on to go over to their friends the Bates, and have dinner and uh yeah and they were going to take the kids the men were going to take the kids out uh trick-or-treating
0: yeah but they went over to Jim and Gene Bates' house that lived near them there in Pasadena, Texas, and they dinner with them that evening, and they the men were going to take the kids out trick-or-treating right. while the women stayed back at the house, at the Bates' house, to hand out candy to the trick-or-treaters there.
1: Yeah, the ones they got, because it was, it was raining a little bit. Yeah. It's a chilly, rainy night. Right.
0: And that does hinder
1: trick-or-treating. It some a damper bit. on it. It really know? does,
0: because yeah. I remember going trick-or-treating and having to wear a coat over my costume and i was like man really
1: yeah i was or it was like freezing cold and you had to wear a coat <laughs> it's like what the hell <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, just took all the fun out of it
0: it did i don't get cold so the guys they finished their dinner and they were going to take the kids trick-or-treating right and ronald he had his two kids with him the eight-year-old timothy and five-year-old elizabeth mm-hmm. and jim had his kids mark and kim now there were some reports indicate that Kim didn't go.
1: She just wanted to stay home with the the women folks. Yeah, and
0: hand out candy
1: to the trick-or-treaters. Yeah, she probably didn't want to walk around in the rain, maybe. Yeah,
0: but it was raining. Yeah. So they covered about two streets that night.
1: Well, they decided since it was raining, as a group, they just decided that we'd only go around two streets because it was just bad weather. Yeah. Which is probably a good idea.
0: Yep. So they hit these two streets, and one house uh, had its porch light turned off.
1: Yeah. After they come down the street and hit a couple houses, they went up, and there's one, like you said, it was just dark nothing going on but the kids wanted to knock on the door anyway
0: yeah because they probably wouldn't get much candy
1: do we know uh what they dressed up as
0: timothy dressed up as a skeleton
1: oh, okay yeah other than that we don't know well, that we don't know okay yeah all right sorry i was just kind of curious but they
0: went to the one house that the uh, light was turned off
1: yeah they wanted to try like you said because they, they probably wasn't getting much
0: and they knocked anyway right and no one came to the door Right. and jim bates he heard. the uh, kids on down the street
1: yeah let's go to the next house
0: yeah but ronald o'brien he lagged behind a little bit yeah it's kind of odd yeah and just a few minutes later he rejoined up with the rest of them Mm -hmm. and this time he was holding five giant pixie sticks dale
1: yeah he came running up going hey somebody came to the door yeah. He said, man, you must have some rich neighbors. They're giving out these things.
0: Expensive treats, yeah. Wow.
1: Really cool. And it's not those little pixie sticks. We're talking like those 21-inches.
0: Yeah, those big, long. The ones in a
1: plastic tube. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah these were giant pixie sticks. Mm-hmm. And they were filled with sweet and sour, fruit-flavored, powdered
1: sugar. Goodness.
0: Yeah, it was just, yeah. I love a pixie stick. Sweet. Mm-hmm. So he handed all the kids their pixie sticks. Mm-hmm. And he even handed one to another kid that he had saw that went to their church.
1: Right. Yeah. He's kind of run into him, yeah. Yeah, he did. But I think, actually, after he gave him to him, he kind of took it back and put him in his pocket or whatever because those big sticks wouldn't fit in their little buckets. That's true. So he held on to him until they got back. The
0: but house. he did hand one to another kid yes, that he exactly. saw
1: mm-hmm. that he went to church with. Correct.
0: Yeah. And just a little while later, they called it a night.
1: Yeah. Finished up the streets or whatever and went back to the house.
0: Yep. Went back to the home while Ronald's wife, Deneen, went to visit a friend. Hmm. So Ronald... He got the kids ready for bed, and he told his kids Tim and Elizabeth that they could each have a piece of candy before bedtime. Right. Yeah, and he encouraged them to eat the Pixie sticks.
1: Yeah, he suggested that they have the Pixie sticks.
0: He did, but Elizabeth she didn't want the Pixie sticks. She wanted something different. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think yeah, I think Timothy actually wanted a sucker. But then he told him he just didn't have time to eat a sucker before bedtime. So why don't you have the pixie?
0: Stick? Just guzzle some sugar down from the pixie <laughs> that's stick. That's what out. I was
1: thinking. Yeah, yeah. You don't have that sucker eat this two pound of sugar. So he
0: was going to try the pixie stick. Right. And when the candy wouldn't come out, Ronald rolled the plastic tube between his hands in order to sort of squeeze it to kind of
1: break it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah.
0: And that's he, what you do. He even poured it into his son's mouth.
1: Yeah, but, but it's kind of odd because it was staple chut. Yeah, it was weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: but. Timothy complained that it had a bitter taste.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Ronald went and got him some Kool-Aid and brought him a Kool-Aid back to wash it down.
0: Yeah, wash it down. And it was just a minute or two later, Timothy ran to the bathroom. Mm. And his stomach was just knotted up, man. Yeah. He was cramping.
1: He was real violently really sick.
0: And he was vomiting. And then he started convulsing and foaming at the mouth. Mm, my goodness. And Ronald was holding his son until Timothy went limp.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: So at this time Ronald called help. Yeah. He had an ambulance come to help get Timothy, mm-hmm. and they took him to the hospital. But Timothy died before he ever got yeah, to the he hospital. Was DOA, yeah. yeah, he was. He was dead within thirty minutes after consuming whatever was in that pixie stick. Oh my gosh! Yeah, terror. I can't even imagine.
1: No, dude. By the time he actually got to the hospital, even though he was DOA, they did notice that he had he was kind of foaming at the mouth. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody had called someone and asked him what they thought about it, and they said, "Do you need to go and uh, smell his breath, see what his breath smells like?" But I'm assuming he didn't have much breath; he was already DOA, right?
0: Probably didn't. I but you he...
1: could have, you could smell in his mouth. I yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, and wanted to see if it smelled of almonds, because it sounded like a uh, cyanide poisoning to him, the way everything went down and happened in such a quick death.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right.
1: And sure enough, that's what it was. Yeah. Smelled that way, and then after they did an autopsy, they figured that out. That's exactly what it was. Yeah.
0: But just a little bit on cyanide, it is a highly toxic poison. Mm-hmm. And acute intoxication is lethal, if not immediately diagnosed and treated within just a few minutes. And people die of cardiorespiratory arrest mm-hmm. immediately. What yeah. it does, it, it shuts down the cells of your body. Mm. and shuts off the oxygen to the cells
1: you know we we talked about that a little bit in the Tylenol murders you know yeah we did because we they killed what five or six people and yes. died from that and just think if that was just a little bit in a pill, i don't you know no telling how much was in this mm-hmm. thing and uh said that when they come back from the autopsy had enough in the system it could have killed two or three men yeah and even one of them even said it could have been an elephant could've, you know they were talking that it was that much in that tube. yeah So, as soon as the the cops hear about what's going on and they come and freaking out, they go straight away to try to find the other tubes. That's right. Because it's like, well, shit, these two kids got them. Those two kids got them. There's five tubes out there. There's five tubes or four still out there. Yeah, that's right. Right. So, his daughter was fine because she didn't eat hers. And then the, the Bates kids... They were good because their their mom and dad wouldn't let them open them, afraid that there would be a mess all over the floor with all that yeah, sugar. Yeah, they didn't want
0: that sugar all over the floor.
1: Well, yeah. then when they went to Whitney Park's house, knocked on the door and told them what was going on, his mom and dad feverishly went looking for this tube of stuff in his candy bag. Yeah. He couldn't find it. That's right. So like, oh, my God. And so they go he, in his bedroom. Go busting in his room. He's laying in the bed, sleep or looks like he's asleep. Yeah. With that pixie stick in his hand.
0: Yeah, he couldn't get it open. Yeah. He fell asleep holding that pixie stick.
1: Right. Wow. So that's why it saved him. He could, yeah. He couldn't get it open and fell asleep with it. So he's kind of curled up with it in the bed. That's how close it was. To Man. It. And come to find out, these things had about the top two inches was all pure cyanide. Yeah. So that's what he was tasting when, he, when his daddy poured out in his mouth. That's why he was flipping out because it didn't taste good. That's what it was. And then he actually washed it down for him.
0: Yeah. He consumed all that.
1: Yeah, and that's what killed him right away.
0: you imagine, dude? No. So they were uh, pixie sticks that were laced with cyanide. Yes. And they got these pixie sticks, and they were trying to find out where they came from. Yeah. And they went to Ronald O'Brien to try to find out where they'd got these pixie sticks while they were trick-or-treating.
1: Yeah, and he said that he didn't, he couldn't remember. Yeah. And they're like, wait, dude, you said you only went on two streets. That's right. So how hard can it be to remember where you? I mean, it's not like just a piece of bubble gum or whatever like everybody else is giving out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You should remember this. This is like a major mm, gift. Or yeah.
0: So they went around the streets.
1: Yeah, they uh, asked him. So since you can't find the house, tell us what he looked like.
0: Yeah, exactly. Try to describe. Who, who yeah.
1: gave it to you? And he's like, "Well, I never saw nobody's face when uh, we knocked on the door, and everybody else walked off. We started to walk off, then the door cracked open, and uh."
0: A hairy, arm. a
1: hairy arm come out and give me these five sticks yeah which what the hell <laughs> so that's what he told him so he still he still went down with exactly which house it was but i think it was on an, another time that they took him and they went back to walk again when he was still
0: because yeah.
1: they starting to suspect something something ain't right here yeah his
0: story ain't adding none, up none again. of
1: this adds up again so like let's go again so they take him around again and then that's when they walk down the road And he looks up and he's seen this one house and he's a guy sitting on the front porch in the swing or or on the front porch. I'm not sure if it was a swing. Sitting on the front porch and he goes, wait, this is the house right here. That's right. So they find out who that is and then they go straight away and arrest this guy at work. So I don't know why they wouldn't just go talk to him right then. Yeah. Unless they just trying to figure out what's going on. But that was what the story was, that the fellow was at home at the point when they come by and saw him there. Then later they went and picked him up at work. Yeah, they did right
0: and he was an air traffic controller at the local airport yes there in houston and they arrested him there at work right in front of everybody they did Mm. they took him in trying to find out well i'm sure what he knew
1: they're all to hell they're panicking they're freaking out what's going on here how many of these are out here is just these five this guy giving these things out to everybody was what's going on here
0: and his name was courtney melvin yes yeah and he confirmed that he was working that night. He worked up till about 10, 45, 11 o'clock that night. Yeah. And there were over 200 people saw him at work. Right. So he could, a, it couldn't have been him that done that.
1: And even his wife and daughter had been home, but they had shut the lights out early because they had run out of candy way early. Yes. So this is another a BS lead. Exactly. So like, wait, now, so now they go back and look at him a little bit closer because something, something is just not adding up here.
0: But Ronald's story kept changing. Mm-hmm. and he kept, like, he didn't have any emotion.
1: Yeah. Mm-mm.
0: You know, even at the hospital, when they were trying to help Timothy and, or trying to find out what happened to Timothy, he didn't show any emotion to Well, it
1: said, the first policeman said that he didn't really seem suspicious, but he wasn't really grieving either. So he wasn't crying, wasn't nothing. It was just kind of odd. Yeah. And the wife had said that when, when it first happened, he, like, beat the wall at home, like, why did he have to die? Why did he have to die? But she said there wasn't much more than that. Yeah. So he's like trying, you know, don't just, it just don't seem like it's uh, legit. Yeah,
0: that's right.
1: So like I say, start looking into him now. Yeah.
0: They look at him a little bit more and they find out that he's having some money problems. Serious money yeah. problems. They realized that at the time, this in 1974, he was more than $100,000 in debt. Yeah. Which equates to today of, little over $600,000 in 2023. Crazy, It is.
1: How do you get that damn far in debt?
0: I don't know. And they also realized that uh, his car was about to be
1: repossessed. Right. Well, his his house had already went into foreclosure. So they had sold the house and was living in a, well, they say they sold it. I don't know how you do it if it's in foreclosure, but anyway, they had lost the house. And they had to move out into an apartment. To an apartment. And that's why one of the reasons that the wife's like, well, he's thrilled because they're going to, the people that they were trick-or-treating with, they used to live nearby. They were their, their friends. They were friends, yeah. Right, and so they hadn't seen them since they had moved. And then they found out that the car was almost ready to be repossessed, and they're going to lose that, and he had also defaulted on several other loans.
0: Yes, and on top of all that, where he worked at the Texas State Optical, they were about to fire him for theft.
1: Yeah, but you know that ain't nothing new because he had had 21 jobs in the last 10 years. Yeah. And lost a lot of them for that same reason. Yep. So I'm like, man, how do they, people keep giving this guy money? But if you think about it, 1974 is a lot different than it is now. It's not like everybody's connected and knows what everybody's doing. You can just go in and sign your name and go get a to, loan. Yeah, and go to another one, go to another one. And if nobody's talking, you're all good.
0: Yep. Yeah. But also they realized that in January of 1974, Ronald took out a $10,000 life insurance policy on Timothy and Elizabeth, his two kids. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Which is kind of odd. Yeah. To a lot of people. I mean, you might want to... Because they didn't have the money to do this. Right. You know, and then if you wanted to, if you took a life insurance policy, you know, for a, a child, maybe you would do it to cover a funeral cost in case something bad happened, but nothing. And I think $10,000 back then was 1974, would equal like about 65000 now. So Wow. that's a lot more than what a funeral cost would be.
0: But now his wife, uh, Deneen, she objected to these... Policies, but she he went ahead and done them.
1: Well, he's wanting to get another one now. Yeah,
0: I mean, and she was totally unaware that he took out two more policies. Right. It was twenty thousand dollars each. each. Mm-hmm. This was on the, around the October third of nineteen seventy four. Mm-hmm. And she didn't know anything about these. Right, and he
1: had actually tried to had made an appointment with his insurance people to have one on his wife taken out, but she canceled the appointment saying that we just can't afford that, so we're not doing that. Yep. So she canceled that which is smart on her part.
0: Mm-hmm. And he even called the insurance companies days before all this and to find out how things could be paid out if something happened.
1: Yeah. How do I get paid out? Yeah. If something was to happen. Yeah. Exactly he just wanting to know. So things are starting to go, hmm. All of a sudden, now she's kind of realizing what's going on here.
0: Yeah. So the morning after Timothy's death, Ronald called the insurance company to ask
1: about the payout. The next morning.
0: Yeah, the next morning. Jesus, yeah. I mean. So they uh, told him he was going to have to have death certificates.
1: Yeah, so you know he's went and got six printed out. Yeah, six,
0: six of them. Yeah, to get these uh insurance
1: yeah. payments. Yeah, get it rolling, maybe. Now this is uh the thirty first, the next day, and now the second is when they had his funeral. Yeah, two days later. Two days later, which is really fast to me. Mm-hmm. That's what I asked You know, we were talking about it early, like man, how do they do this and have an autopsy and all that done in two days when they can have his funeral? And it seemed like his dad, you know, he was there and he was putting up a good front, you know, and he even had uh, sang a song that he had written. He said he'd written for his son about him being with Jesus. Yep. And uh, I think a local news had come in and actually filmed him singing that song. And then uh, so they did the funeral. And she said even at the funeral, it was kind of like a lot of people was going to look like he was kind of making him about himself. Not really. No, and no, like you said, not not any emotion really at all about losing his son. Yeah, and he
0: wouldn't even go by and look at the casket or anything with the yeah, son in it.
1: Yeah, he wouldn't look, just walk by, not even looking down. Yeah. And then later that night, something else weird happened. Like everybody was tired and wore out, and he had heard that the news was going to play that clip on the news that night.
0: Feature that story, yeah.
1: Yeah, and everybody was tired and want to go to bed, and he was mad because nobody wanted to stay up and see him on TV. What the heck, man? Mm.
0: It's all about him. All about him. Yeah.
1: Well, they had looked into, still looking into his background, you know, after this and kind of was acting weird and found out he had been taking some classes at a local community college. And uh, I guess he was kind of using it as a kind of a Google kind of thing. He was asking his professor, you know, how much cyanide or something would take to kill a person and is there a, a better poison than cyanide to use or something like that. And then everybody's going, why is he asking these weird questions? And he even looked back and he found out he had actually tried to get his uh, boss at the... Optical company to buy some uh, cyanide to clean gold rim glasses. Yeah. Which he thought was really weird because they hadn't done that in like 20 years. Mm-hmm. Just something that you just didn't do anymore. And then he came back to him again later to try to talk him into doing it again. And he told him, just don't talk to me about it. You need to talk to somebody higher up because I'm not doing it.
0: And he even visited a Houston chemical company to ask about buying some cyanide.
1: Yeah, it was a guy that he had worked with before. He went in and talked to him about it.
0: Yeah. They told him that the minimum amount he'd have to purchase was five pounds. Right. So he
1: just left. Yeah. And some other people had told him that he'd come over asking about stuff, too. And they didn't know the guy's name. But they knew he was wearing like a, a tan or a light blue smock. You know, that that's something that they definitely remembered that about him. And guess what he wears when he goes to work?
0: A smock. Right. Yeah. Like a doctor's clothes. Right. Yeah. So
1: by this time, the cops are finding out all this stuff about the insurance, about, you know, asking about the, the, uh, the poison. And so they decided to pick him up.
0: Yep. But they got a warrant to search his home. Yes. And there they found a pair of scissors, Dale. And on this pair of scissors, they found plastic residue that matched the plastic from the pixie sticks. Yes. Yeah.
1: It had been cut. And then they found a, a knife mm-hmm. that actually had some of the resin from the pixie stick stuff on it, mm-hmm. the actual dust.
0: And they also found a tape from an ad machine
1: yeah like a piece of strip of paper
0: yeah yeah you know like your receipt but you know, it prints out but
1: people nowadays don't know what add machine is <laughs>
0: yeah but yeah So it's, it's like a calculator that prints out a piece of paper oh, exactly and you're it up. Yeah, yeah
1: it was a little calculator with a roll of paper like it, uh, a cash register receipt paper on the back of it
0: but what had happened when they looked at it was the the amount totaled up was the amount that he was in debt and the amount that he was going to get from the insurance money
1: yes yeah and it was almost identical yes So, and I'm not sure if it was typed out, but I think what it was was where he had tore the paper off and then made a a list on the back of it. Wow. A a handwritten list, yeah. So, everything is piling up and pointing a finger at Mr. O'Brien.
0: Yep. So, on November the 5th of 1974, Ronald O'Brien was arrested for the murder of his son, Timothy. Mm. Just five days after he had died. Didn't take long, did it? No. And despite his attempts to blame an innocent person for giving out the poison pixie sticks, the circumstantial evidence piled up against him, man.
1: Yep. Yeah. They had him. And he, now, even though he proclaimed his innocence throughout all. Yeah, he did. He, he never admitted he did anything. He said, you got it wrong. I didn't do it. I didn't kill my son.
0: So the following year in May, his trial started, Dale. That'd be 1975. Yes. And on June the 3rd of 1975, it only took a the jury forty six minutes to unanimously convict Ronald O'Brien of one charge of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. Yeah, because you know if he'd handed the cyanide out to
1: if them kids would have ate it, they'd have killed him. They did. Yeah, they would have killed him. I mean, and you know, as we're talking about it, uh, the, the things being stapled, they they actually did go. The detectives called the company and asked them about that, and they're like, no, they're heat sealed. They're heat sealed on both ends. And yeah. these, these were heat sealed on one, and then the other end had been. You could. I guess, like you said, it had taken the scissors and cutting the end off, dumped some stuff out, packed it back full of cyanide, then folded it over and stapled it shut. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's that's pretty crappy, man.
1: Yeah. Yep. Just think, those they were that close to all of them dying. Mhm. Most of today's testimony came from Jimmy Bates, a close friend of the O'Brien family. Bates said that before Halloween, O'Brien asked if he could bring his children over to trick-or-treat with the Bates children on Halloween night. Both families ate
0: dinner together and then the fathers took the children trick-or-treating. Bates said O'Brien went to one house where no one appeared to be home and after the children had scampered ahead to the next house, O'Brien came off the front porch carrying the pixie sticks. He gave the pixie sticks to the children and then later took them back and said he wanted to stop at his car for a moment. Bates said when O'Brien came back into the Bates house, he returned the pixie sticks to the children. Later that night, Timothy O'Brien died from eating a poisoned pixie stick.
1: And, and think about it. He didn't really. He, if he didn't care about it, killing his own kids and his buddy's kids, and then he gave it to another kid from his church, which where he's a deacon at and sings in the choir. Yeah. Mister yeah. Mr. community man.
0: I know. Go ahead. But also, it didn't take the jury but like 76 minutes to come up with this punishment.
1: Yeah, and, and on this case, is like it was one where the actual jury decided, decided the punishment. The, on, yes,
0: because yeah. this is Texas. Right. Yep. Express and, line. <laughs> yeah. So they decided a death by electric chair. Electric chair. Yeah. Round of lightning. Yeah. That's right. But it took nearly 10 years for Ronald O'Brien to exhaust all of his appeals. Mm-hmm. And he received three stays of execution.
1: Man. And on his third execution date, you know when it was scheduled? For
0: Halloween of 1982.
1: 1982.
0: It was the eight year anniversary of Timothy's death. Right. Yeah. And the judge, his name was Michael McSpadden, who offered to personally drive O. Ob- Ronald O'Brien to the death chamber. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah, these people are not happy with this fellow at all. No, and Ronald O'Brien's fourth execution yeah, day. Yeah, it got pushed off Halloween. That would have been so poetic.
0: Yeah, but it got set back again until March 31st of 1984, and right. this time another stay of execution would not be granted. Nope. And, but back in 1977, Texas had adopted lethal injection as its execution method. Yeah. And this spared Ronald O'Brien from the electric
1: chair. What was electric chair? Inhumane?
0: That's what they were saying, yeah.
1: You know, I don't know, man. That kind of pisses me off because you think any of these killers worry about anybody being humane when they're killing people?
0: No, he wasn't thinking about it at all. No. He was just worried
1: about his bills. And he trying to pay bills. Kill, what am I going to do? I'm going to kill my kids. Yeah. Hot almighty.
0: So on the night of... Ronald O'Brien's execution, they were about 300 people gathered outside the Texas State Penitentiary in Huntsville.
1: Yeah, there were some pros and some against. Yeah, they were. Some protesters.
0: And the ones that were out there, they were shouting, trick or treat.
1: And as soon as they heard heard the the news, they started throwing candy at all the protesters. Yeah. Wow. Ain't that crazy? Just chanting, trick or treat, trick or treat. That's. uh, It kind of gives me chills.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. But on his way to the death chamber, uh, Ronald O'Brien had a last bit of words. And what he said was, what is about to transpire in a few moments is wrong. However, we as human beings do not make mistakes and errors. This execution is one of those wrongs, yet doesn't mean our whole system of justice is wrong. Therefore, I forgive all who have taken part in any way in my death.
1: Yeah, it's all about me again. Yeah. He never said nothing about his son.
0: Yeah, sitting on death row for nearly a decade, Mm -hmm. he didn't say anything about his son or the other four kids that he tried to kill.
1: And still says he was innocent, didn't do it. I know. But once he got that lethal injection, it began to work in about 30 seconds, and eight minutes later he was dead.
0: Yes. And his wife was even quoted as saying, he has made his bed, now he's having to lie in it. I have no pity for him.
1: Yep. Man, how could you?
0: Mm -mm. Even the... a friend of his Jim Bates that he went trick-or-treating that night with with the kids he was quoted as saying as much as I would like to feel sorry for Ronald O'Brien I don't the death penalty is bad but it's not as bad as that little boy's death
1: and just think dude he was about to kill your kids too yeah I'm gonna tell you what if I found out that he was about to kill my kids they better lock him up he won't need no needle
0: you're going after him are you
1: yeah you'll miss messing my kids
0: but he had a lot of nicknames he was called the halloween boogeyman the man who stole halloween
1: the man who killed halloween yeah the candy man
0: yeah he had a lot of nicknames
1: man what a damn story this is this just and i guess a lot of that check your candy and stuff all come from this because you know i mean it may have been something before this but he really played into this thing about strangers giving out kid, you know and that's what he tried to do he just wasn't very smart about it no which is good i mean he still killed his own kid but actually pouring the powder in his mouth himself he did yeah and then tried to play it off
0: but ronald o'brien is buried at forest park east cemetery in webster texas and timothy o'brien is buried at forest park lawndale cemetery in houston hmm. yeah sad man yeah it really is.
1: i know his wife she divorced him as soon as he got out. Uh, well, i think she started it when during the trial but as soon as he got convicted she divorced him she did remarry and then the guy he uh, adopted the daughter yes yeah, so. and
0: she did receive the insurance settlement in the form of a check she did but she never cashed it no she said that, that was blood money she
1: said it's blood money and i'll have no part of it so she didn't cash it so she just threw thirty thousand dollars away because she's like i ain't doing it
0: no i wouldn't either no Whew,
1: man blood money
0: a shitty, man. It is. He was, he, was just a, he was just a monster.
1: He's a monster, dude. And he never, like like you said, no emotion stuff. I mean, just he was just trying to, you know, and some of his friends came up later and said, you know, it's kind of odd because, you know, a lot of people knew he was in debt, you know. And then he would say, well, I'm expecting to come in some money soon. And they actually had called the banks and said, no, I'm all going to catch those loans up by the end of the year. So just give me to the first of the year. I'm expecting to come into a large sum of money.
0: That's what he was saying, yeah.
1: So the whole damn time, and he'd been planning this since the first of the year. So it ain't like the last minute I decided I'm going to kill my kids. He'd been working on this this thing since like January when he started. This was
0: calculated murder, man. Yeah. Yeah. And But he was described as a pillar of the community. Even the the preacher there at the church said he was a, a good man, you know, a above-average father. Above-average. Yeah. That's what he <laughs> I was quoted saying, above-average father.
1: Yeah, a good Christian man.
0: Yeah. But he was, you know, I know they thought he had money problems, but besides that, they considered him a, a good person. Well,
1: money money problems don't make you a bad person. That's right. They might make you a bad uh, money budgeter or something, but <laughs> not a bad person. But, yeah, he had them all fooled. He did. I think. I mean, you just don't go from I'm super good until I'm going to kill my kids. I don't, I, not in my my opinion.
0: Yeah. But he never took any responsibility no. for Timothy's not, death. All the way or, to the end.
1: Never. But that's our
0: Halloween episode, man. Ooh.
1: So, uh, check your candy and yeah, all that mess. That's right. But I think it's, you know, like I said before, I think it's where a lot of that check candy thing come from, you know. But I think, really, this is probably the only death that's happened intentionally where a, a child was intentionally poisoned from Halloween
0: candy. Yeah. There's always all these urban legends right. about people getting... Poisoned by candy or razor blade laser blazing candy. But that's never happened. It's no. never been reported as no. happened.
1: They even said at one time that uh, some people, candy people, like even set up a hotline for something. You know, Let us know if you hear anything. They had set it up and they got zero calls. People yeah. going
0: getting their candy x rayed.
1: Yeah. That can't yeah. be good.
0: No. Uh, can't be. Mm. But yeah, this was the only one.
1: Whew. Okay, and well, that's kind man, of a sh- shocking story. Man killed story. his own son. You know, yeah. Shocking story.
0: Just for his own money satisfaction Get my bills man pay his bills but anyway that is the story of ronald clark o'brien the man who killed halloween the man who killed halloween yep piece of trash we want everybody to be safe out there on halloween you
1: know
0: don't do anything stupid
1: because the next episode could be about you this is the the crack crack house chronicles